what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. <laughs> oh. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to uh, the XFL podcast. I'm I'm Mark, and this is Harris. Go Guardians! Wow, what what was the team I liked? Uh, the Renegades. Renegades, I yeah, go go Renegades. Ooh. It's okay. The season hasn't started yet, so we're not in full bandwagon form, but we'll yeah, get there. I have time. I have time. Yeah. The other reason that I didn't realize why they're my favorite team. Um, is because they're called the Renegades, and that's the best song ever, "Renegade" by Sticks. So that's right. a, that's an even better reason. That's uh, fair for me to be a, a big fan of them. So, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, we're not going to talk about the XFL again because it hasn't started yet, and we talked <laughs> about everything that there there could possibly be. But I I enjoyed that. Uh, Harris, did you uh, listen to that segment? I totally forgot until right now. I'm so oh, sorry. Boo. Dang it. Wait, okay, what what happened? I'm sorry, explain it to me. What no. did, did you edit it somehow? Or? I did. Dang it. I, do you not remember okay. when I started dramatic reading for the first one, the Renegades are like, oh, we need some music behind there. And I was like, Oh, oh did you do that? Dang oh, I'm gonna it. put I'm some so music. Sorry, on y'all. It. You know what? We're gonna pause the episode for just a second. Harris okay, is gonna cool. listen to a uh, couple of these things and then we're gonna come back All right, and sounds finish good. the episode. So just bear with us. For one moment. Alright, welcome back. So Harris has now listened to all the themes because he's very he's very, very bad at doing anything I ask of him. Um, even the simplest things. Although he did actually go back and listen to the and, and heard uh, the the change to the intro for last week. So I, I will give you credit for that. I am I just I I normally don't listen to my own podcast because i feel like it just can't be as entertaining the second time around this actually true. was this was incredible y'all give a <laughs> shout out to mark because i had a lot of fun listening to this and yeah part of that's just because we're hilarious but part of that was we just are. because the music was a fantastic touch my personal favorite has got to be top gun for the battle hawks <laughs> had but to there do was it. a lot of very good stuff in there had to do it had to oh man anyway that was uh so that was from last week uh we had a lot of fun on that um that episode which we kind of had to make up on the fly because i didn't i didn't have a topic for the first time and um well harris we're gonna have to do that again because i definitely didn't have time to make a topic wait are you serious <laughs> oh yes i'm 100 percent serious oh okay well that's cool yeah. uh yeah, it we was should a, have been, it was an even should, bu- it was an even busier week this week than it was last one. And I uh, tried to give you a warning that it might happen. But Well uh, yeah, but I just figured you also said if I don't get anything, then we can just not do an episode. So I figured when you said, Hey, yeah, let's record, I thought, Oh, I guess he had time to get an episode in. No, I just figured we'd hmm. uh, just record again. For... Okay. No, that's well look, it did go well last time, so I understand that. Yeah, I don't expect that. But Okay. There is there is stuff to talk about. You know, we we usually start off talking about uh, some stuff going on, and uh, there is some stuff that happened. So okay, okay. Here's the thing though, because I think I know where you're going with this. 
last week, if you guys don't remember, or for some horrible reason, this is the first episode you've ever listened to, last week we mentioned that sooner or later something would happen that was so insane that we would have to just do a topic on it in real time. Right. But here's the thing. Literal years of researching dumb wrestling (laughs) angles for this podcast – I, I've started to get a sense of like when an angle is really about to go for broke and jump the shark. And Mark, I don't think we've gotten there yet with Maria Canella, so I, I don't know if I want to talk about it yet. I don't know, but that—that's not even that was. Yeah, yes, we um, it, yeah, that that that's going to be an episode. Um, it, yes, give, absolutely. Give it another, I just feel like give it another we, few weeks and a little yes. bit more stupid stuff to happen if they continue to do yes. that. And it's definitely going to be there. Um, they're, I, they're well on their way. That's for sure. I think we have to wait for at least one match or like a big blow off. Something that oh, feels yeah. like, okay, this is sort of done. Yeah, definitely. And we're not there yet, but I have no doubt that we will get there. Yeah, we had the uh, we had the gender, rev- gender reveal party. We had a father reveal party. Um, mm-hmm. Maury Povich is weighing in on Twitter. So I think we might get some Maury out of this. That's what I'm most excited about. That, that I would think be, that's going to be, be the fun. moment. That'd be fun. Um, poor Rusev is all I can really. I, think he about looks that. great. He's back on TV. I'm happy about that. Yeah, but he just well, there goes any momentum potentially that he'd built up from kind of being gone. Um, yeah, thanks I mean, WWE. Yeah, probably. Thanks. Probably. Thanks. That was that was a great idea. That was a great I mean, idea. I- I was just, I was really excited for him to show up in AEW one day. <laughs> and now that's clearly not going to happen. But right. this goes back to what I mentioned before, which is WWE just lets talent take time off now. Which is good. And that's great. That's oh, yeah, for good. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, Finn Balor good. was just like, hey, can I go get married and not be on TV for a while? And they were like, yeah, can we bury you real quick? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and it works. Like, that's how wrestling is supposed to work. That's why, like, you know, sure. that's why NXT works, because people leave. That's why, like, the territorial era worked. Yeah. Because people would lose and then leave and go do it somewhere else. Like, it's not a bad thing. No, no, no. I, I'm totally for it. But when then you bring him back like that, it's like, well, why bring him back? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And then, You're okay, another question I have. Is there any possible recovery for Mike Kanellis from this? Because I say no. He was already I mean, could... he was already basic, he was already just n- nothing done, and now there's there's zero coming back. I mean, it depends on what you mean by recovery. If you mean like, oh, we're gonna take him seriously as a competitor, I don't think so. But we weren't taking him seriously before. At least now he's on TV. Like I don't, you know, yeah, good well, for him. That's that's fair. That's that's <laughs> I mean, a fair point. That's a fair point. I don't know, like, because the rumor mill. And I really hope this is true because it's kind of my favorite thing. The rumor was that, you know, they signed up Mike and Maria Canellas, And everybody was like, oh, are they going to be like a really big deal or like this big indie couple? And then they had an angle where, you know, their entire character was how in love they were. Right. Which had potential as like sort of an annoying heel shtick. And then immediately Maria got pregnant. Yep. And she was like, sweet maternity leave. I'll see you guys in a year. <laughs> and then she had the baby. And came back and was like, yeah, I'm a mom and I'm a WWE superstar and that's cool. And then they weren't on TV for years. Yep. And then the rumor was, you know, that they were about to leave. The contract was about to expire. So they got a fat new deal because WWE was scared they were going to go to AEW. Right. And then almost almost the day after they re-signed, she was like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant again. Bye. Mm-hmm. And, just, 
And now they're doing this again. They're like, all right, listen, we can't put you in the ring again, even though we're paying you a wrestler contract. So we're at least going to put you on television. I kind of respect it. I respect it on both sides. Sure. Yeah, but it is. uh... Oh, yeah, it's it's fun. Um, Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. Because of this ep- because of the show, frankly, I'm very, very excited about this angle. I'm well, gonna be yeah, honest. yeah, just we're we're the only people excited biased. about it. That's probably true. And uh, yeah, we we have very good reason for that. Um, but there are some actually good things going on, which is okay. Very nice to uh, the the Bray Wyatt thing is awesome. It is fantastic, and Seth Rollins is finally making me not despise him as a champion again. And it's great. It is okay. great. Bray Wyatt is just so good. He is just his act, his character building just is unlike anyone else in the company as far like for a long time that I can even think of. Like the way he just is able to commit to characters. It's it's very impressive and it's very old school. And it's it's just it's it's probably the best thing going right now in, in WWE. And so, you know, that'll be interesting because he has a title match with Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they go. You you make him champion here. You have him lose already in, like, his second match. So, I don't know. I don't know where they're going, but it's definitely intriguing. I think they're both doing a good job. Yeah, I just hate... I, on the one hand, I get it. You know, play your hot hand. I think you're right. Everything about the character and the way it's being played, everything about the way it's being presented has just been awesome. But I just feel like they're going to break it by putting him in the main event this quickly. Because you're right. Either he yeah. has the title, and that's weird. And, like, part of what makes his character work so well is that he isn't around every week. Right. Or he's going to lose and... Part of what makes Bray Wyatt bad, historically speaking, is that he always talks a big game and then loses. And I feel right. like this is just like a natural extension of that. No, I, I mean, you're right. Everything I mean, no, he's I, doing I, right now is exciting. I just can't help but be a little anxious about it. No, I agree. And I think you'd be right to think that way. Um, but I think at the same time, the title has – well, one, the universal title has never had any clout ever since they brought it out no one's ever cared about it because it's stupid and dumb idea and a dumb name and a dumb looking belt and it's just been held by either roman or brock for mostly brock doing nothing with it for so long and it's coming off such a long brock nothing run and now seth has it and has done nothing with it and so nobody has like it's never been lower and less important than right now so I see I get them wanting to put the hottest thing with the title to try and get you know give that some more respect. So I mean mm-hmm. I get it but I, but I'm with you. It's it's going to be interesting and I would bet almost anything we have no winner in the match. Yeah. I mean I can I don't see any other way to do it unless they really just want to go all in with Bray Wyatt for right now and ride that and give him the title which I think is probably a good move. Um, at the moment, I think Seth would do much better trying to recover from being mauled by the fiend than what he's doing right now. Yeah, I'm all for them shaking things up. I don't think that's the worst idea. I mean, the the ultimate fantasy booking move here, based on what you just said, I think you'll agree, is that he wins the belt 
and then destroys it in some really creative fashion and is just like, nope, not anymore, <laughs> burning it all down. Because that get, that puts the character super over too because you're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> what well, does he want? If well, it's the not other, this, like, that's really exciting. The other thing that would be awesome that they could do because the way they're playing it, these are two completely different characters. Oh, and that's yeah, the way absolutely. Bray Wyatt's doing it. So he can easily win as the Fiend and then show up on a Firefly Funhouse, not have the belt, and act, you know, talk about the Fiend being champion. Oh, that is very cool, actually. I do love that idea. And, you know, he can wow. come out to the ring without it, but talk almost being like his own manager, talking about the Fiend. And I think that would be really intriguing. That's actually a fantastic idea. You're absolutely right. Which means that's not going to happen. Yep, no, he's going <laughs> to lose clean. He's going to lose clean to Seth Rollins. Okay, but here's while we're just while we're just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze and fantasy booking here. Imagine if, and I understand the choice to have Brock Lesnar go after Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I wanted to talk about say, that. In a, uh, hey, a we're gonna have a too, big yeah. premiere match on the premiere episode of SmackDown. Sure. Like, I get that. That makes perfect sense. Imagine if the Fiend was like, "Nope, Bray Wyatt, I want you," and this whole feud was with, uh, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Nope, Brock Lesnar, I want you. Hell in a cell. Hey, but, but imagine if Brock the Fiend Lesnar. came out and said, Bray Wyatt, I want you. Now that would be something. <laughs> okay, now we're just – we're already kind of close, but that takes us like straight to Scooby-Doo territory. <laughs> I know. And I kind of enjoy that, but yeah, that probably shouldn't happen. But no, like – and that's, you know, that's a way to get Bray over. That's a way to get the Fiend over. Get rid of Brock Lesnar for a while. Without having to stick him straight into the main event, but you know, maybe something good will happen. Probably not, but maybe it's yeah, it's there's fun. at least promise, and that's that's always good. Uh, yeah, there, there's intrigue and there's promise, and it makes me more interested in Hell in a Cell, which I'm never interested in that because it's a stupid pay per view. Any pay per view that's the name of a match other than the Royal Rumble is stupid. I don't care what it is. Um, and I guess Survivor Series because technically that's the name of their like elimination match that no one's cared about and. 30 years the one with Dolph Ziggler was good oh gosh that was awesome <laughs> that was also here's the thing that was the first Survivor Series I ever watched oh okay. and like all of 2014 was a pretty good year like yeah. objectively I think but it was a great year if you've never watched wrestling before yeah every Survivor Series since then has been a bit of a letdown they can't top that but it's fine I agree Okay, the other thing we got to talk about is our uh, our current WWE patron saint, Chad Gable, had an outstanding match with Baron Corbin, and this this was this was Harris. This was fantastic. This was the finals of King of King of the Ring. It was better than anything on the pay per view, and it was supposed to be on the pay per view, and for some reason they cut it at the last minute and decided to put it on. Yeah, Raw. so. But we got it, a lot of things. Sorry, you. Go, oh, you, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about this real quick. Then we can talk about that um, because we were pretty much right about all our pay-per-view predictions. Well, um, no, then let me just say where we were wrong in that episode where we were like, oh, let's predict this. Ha ha ha. And then here's what's going to happen. And I said, well, at least the King of the Ring finals will main event raw. Didn't even do that. Right. Yeah. They put it in the middle of the show and they yep, main evented it that. with just a nothing match. With uh, Rollins and Z and uh, um, Rude, but they uh, they put that last, so they did the Fiend thing. I mean, so I get it, but still, it's I like seeing matches as the main events, not 
little angle. Anyway, um, but it was fantastic. It was awesome. I don't. Uh, did you see it at all? I, I saw highlights of it, okay. but I wasn't able to like sit down and watch it from start to finish. I mean, these two guys put on one of the best matches I've seen in a while in WWE. Two, you know, undercard guys. One guy who's really an undercard guy, and one guy who's had some well, few bouts of pushes to really no avail. Um, mm-hmm. Is a character that some that people are slowly starting to pay attention to in Baron Corbin. Um, he's starting to gain a lot more of a fan a following, I guess you could say, at least on Twitter. This is the best match I've ever seen Baron Corbin in by a long shot. He was really, really good. Um, he was a good, he, he's a D de- I mean, he's always been a, de- a fine worker. It's just, nobody cares about him. And he did a great heel job because I thought it was maybe, I mean, he basically put himself against the crowd. But he did it in a pretty good way, and I don't know. He was believable with it, and the crowd was reacting to him, and they were reacting to Gable. They were chanting for both guys throughout the match, and the crowd was really, really hot by the end, especially when Gable locked him in a uh, the ankle lock and then, like, dropped in the middle of the ring. Like, the crowd was, the crowd was going nuts. Like, they, they worked this crowd into a frenzy, and it was just... It was a fantastic showing by both these guys. I mean, they did the big guy, you know, underestimating the little guy and mostly coming out on top, you know, the classic underdog match, which you've seen a bunch of times. It's, you know, very, very standard, but these guys did it really well. There was a great moment when Gable put him in an ankle lock early. He was trying to put him on, put an ankle lock on him earlier in the match and, you know, but he couldn't turn him around and Corbin just kicked him off. But Gable held on to the leg to his leg and came back after him and then he kicked him off again but kept holding on to his leg. That was pretty cool. Like That's little awesome. mo- they yeah. gave Gable a lot of moments like that, which made him look really good. And of course he ends up losing at the end, which we all knew, and at the same time is for the best. You don't want to face, especially not a guy like this winning King of the Ring. That doesn't help that doesn't help them. Um Yeah. But but it was also good to just have something that people were fighting for because that there's no stakes in WWE wrestling matches ever. Not even when there's a title on the line half the time. And so it was just not, it just was nice to have something that they were trying to achieve. And then on the next night on SmackDown, Gable got to beat up Corbin and bust up the throne and the crown and everything. And it's like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. So it looks like we might see more matches from these two, which I think is good for both of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the biggest takeaway for me from all of this has just been that Baron Corbin can be a good character if you find a way like to play to his strengths, right? right. You don't make it about Baron Corbin doing a bad like Vince McMahon impression <laughs> as the heel authority <laughs> figure. Not necessarily an impression, but you know yeah. what I mean. Like He's playing that role. A bad Shane McMahon impression might be more accurate, which is yeah, yeah. certainly saying something. But that's fair. When you're trying to have him be like the schmucky heel, I know people hated that, but they kind of hated that in the wrong way. Yeah. The thing about Baron Corbin is he just kind of comes across as a tool. I think, he, and I'm sure he's a yeah. lovely guy. It seems like people like him backstage. But if you just let him be kind of a tool, that's the best use of Baron Corbin. I think they finally <laughs> figured that out. Yeah, no, I think I agree, and I think just whatever the, the work he was doing in this match, I thought was done really well. 
It was good heel work. It, w it got good reactions. It made Gable look good, which is the biggest thing. Yeah. And and he's just and you know and he looked he was really he's good in the ring and looked really good, and I don't know it it was very impressive and I enjoyed it a lot and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more from these two which I never expected to look forward to anything Baron Corbin does, um, although it's I still feel like they're just. The King of the Ring is still, I think, going to be a Sheamus thing. It, it looks like that's all we're going to really get from uh, Baron Corbin, which I called, by the way. I mean, to be honest, that's kind of what King of the Ring has always been. It's right. rare that you expect it to really transcend that. So Right, right. Well, so yeah, it's, 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 it's whatever. So anyway, that, that's, that was pretty interesting. I enjoyed that stuff. Um, I'm trying to think. What was the other... There was something Bailey else retained. That I to talk about. Never had any doubt. I knew it. <laughs> I I totally knew that was going to happen. Right. Yeah. So that's good. Absolutely. Just sprit, Just fled the arena immediately the second it <laughs> happened, which was that was. That I mean, was that's pretty smart. Great. That's a smart move. And if I could just, I'll just drop the mark in me for a second and say, like, objectively. She's doing such a great job, and I think you can kind of tell she's been wanting to do something like this for a while. Yeah. It just feels so much more fresh now because sure. they're letting her actually play a character with some level of, I don't know, maybe like, it's grounded, right? It isn't right. just that she's a chicken-ish heel who's doing all this stuff to win. It's that she's doing all this stuff and genuinely believes that she's a good person and a good role model. Right. That's <laughs> way more fun than if she were just a bad guy. Well, I mean, but think, but I mean, that is what a bad guy is. Sure, sure. But Baron Corbin isn't out there pretending that he's <laughs> right. doing it for the little kids. You know right, what I mean? Right. Which would, honestly, that'd be great. I kind of want to see that now. <laughs> it it might happen. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's good, especially for just nobody has cared about Bailey for a while, except for Harris. So, it is, it's nice. It's nice to see. I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, the other big news... AEW, they got a show name, Dynamite. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that, Harris? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of what everyone said it was going to be for, right. uh, <laughs> you know, for forever. So that's, I mean, here's the thing. Sounds a little dumb. Yeah. Pretty much any wrestling show, if you don't know the context or you aren't used to it, yeah. also sounds dumb. Yes, I agree. So fine. That's sure. fine. Sure. And, and now they can, on all their promos, they can go, Wednesday night, dynamite. Right. So that, that is, that's always fun because it rhymes. Right. That's It's very clever. Yeah. I think, honestly, NXT has the best name because it's just the name of the organization. Sure. That feels so much more like a real sporting event, a real competition. If it was just called All Elite Wrestling, I get why they're not going to do that. But yeah. if wrestling were real, sorry, a apologies to Gordy if wrestling were real it would just be called the name of the organization I feel like you know you don't I have agree. a catchy name for Monday Night Football you just call it Monday Night Football because you know what that is you know I yeah no probably I, overthinking I that a little bit no it, that fine. I mean WWE is really the only wrestling company that has always used different names for all their shows um I know NWA at one point their show was called World. They had like World Championship Wrestling, which was one of their shows before that became the name of the company. That right. was like a branch of that. But 
Because most of the time it was just your it was whatever the organization was. You know, they all had their own show, and that's what it was. It was mid. You're watching Mid South Wrestling, or you're watching Mid Atlantic Wrestling, or Georgia Championship right. Wrestling. That's what it was. They didn't have they didn't have names to further you know differentiate it from whatever. But WWE usually has. They had like Tuesday Night Titans, and they've kind of always had different. A lot of different shows like that, um, at least for for a long. T- they were they were one of the first ones to really kind of do that, and obviously, that took off with the '90s. But it's you know it's it's fine. Still no uh still no Atlanta shows set, so I'm thinking of boycotting because this is ridiculous. And I'm starting to get angry because, I mean, we're we're getting into like through this year being booked, and I don't know how much longer I'm gonna still be in this area. <laughs> So it's gonna it be will, like it's be gonna be like you move. It's gonna I be like you. May you know May third, Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm gonna yep. be done. I'm gonna be out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be go. I'm gonna go to that AW show forever. and meet David Arquette, and you're gonna be in Wyoming or something. That's absolutely how it's gonna work out. It's it is. It's 100 percent gonna happen, and I hate them for it. I hate them so <laughs> much for it. Mark's back on WWE team, everybody. Yep, I'm all. I'm back in. I'm I'm all in with WWE. Whatever that means. Anyway, so that's kind of everything that's going on. Uh so, Harris, obviously, don't have a topic for this week. Yep. Um Right. So, okay. Know, um, I had to come up I had to come up with some other stuff to talk about. Okay. What do you have? So, this is what I wanted to talk about. Now, some of this stu- we we've, we've mentioned a lot of this stuff before in other episodes, mm-hmm. but I just thought it would be kind of fun. I wanted to talk just kind of different firsts for us in wrestling. Because okay. there's a lot of stuff. And, you know, WWE absolutely loves firsts. Uh, they'll make up a first for anything. Um, they they love that, so I figured it was on par. And so I wanted to start off. Harris, what is the first ever thing you remember either hearing about or seeing with professional wrestling? Uh... Because look, I know I know you didn't start watching it for a, like till much much later, but you obviously knew what it was prior to that. So no, I have an answer. Okay, yeah. perfect. Um, it was in elementary school. I'm try. I, I can't pin down an exact year, but it would probably be around 2003 or four. Uh, and it was that the Undertaker was dead. And I remember being very confused because the impression that I got was that the character had died. So my, my guess – here's my guess is that that was the angle where Kane buried him alive. Right. That's my guess. But that would have fit not, with the timetable about then. It's a little earlier than I feel like I remember hearing it, but I could be wrong. Like I don't know. And I just I, – I couldn't tell – you know, because it was, you know, your peers at that age, you, you're kind of at that point where you believe wrestling is real. If we are in like second, third, even fourth grade right. that I'm thinking of whenever this was that this happened. And, you know, it was like some, you know, kids were genuinely like, oh, no, the Undertaker's dead. But also he was already dead or he's not really dead. Like, I didn't know what was happening, if that makes sense. I remember that the Undertaker dying was a thing. And then also later that he came back. Gotcha. And I remember thinking, 
I think I was in a better position to appreciate wrestling as a freshman in college, which is super sad, but it's kind of true because I remember thinking, <laughs> oh, that's really dumb. But if somebody had told me like, hey, no, Darth Vader's dead too, I would have been like, well, yeah, that's that's crazy. That was a really dramatic story and it meant a lot. <laughs> but for some reason, when it's The Undertaker, I'm like, no, that's silly. What is that? I didn't know a lot about it. I just remember The Undertaker is dead. That's That's what I remember. Interesting. What was the first thing you ever saw in wrestling? Uh, the first thing that I remember seeing, so I might have told this story before at some point on this podcast, That's but funny. my roommate in college, Austin George. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. He so listens that, on a regular basis. Hang on. So this, that you had never seen a second of wrestling before, like, 2014? Not that I – not that stuck in my mind enough for me to wow. remember. Wow. No, none. Wow, well, okay. This, I didn't realize I knew that's when you started watching, but I didn't realize yeah. you had never seen like any anything before then. Yeah. Like you'd never seen like a like highlights or clip of like anything? No, well here's this is kind of a problem I have with WWE now and it's getting fixed a little bit with the Fox deal. They don't advertise for stuff on normal is, TV yeah, channels. That is true. I've never seen like I'm seeing them now and this just makes me think like the Fox commercials for SmackDown on Fox are awesome yeah they're good and if i had like if i had seen one of those when i was 14 i might have wanted to watch it Mm -hmm. but i didn't because it wasn't like they don't breach their little sphere of influence at all like if they advertise for raw or smackdown it's only on the usa network and i never watch the usa network except when i'm watching raw or smackdown right you know what i mean well so you know you know another reason why they're doing that is because aew started doing that Good. All AEW. AEW. AEW they've the advertised. They've they they're advertised. They've advertised on ESPN for stuff. Um, I've seen they like you know like those little pop ups that they have. Um, yeah, like you know like while awesome. a game's going on, they they'll have that. Like I remember there was a, it was some baseball game on like TBS or something, or some you know somewhere, and that there was a, those little pop ups for that. Um, like I've seen, they've been all over the place. Yeah. So, okay. To answer your original question, because I remember this, I remember this distinctly. This is the first one that stuck with me. My roommate, Austin George, we were just channel surfing freshman year in the dorm room at Hill Hall, like a random Monday night. And he found raw and he was like, Oh, I haven't watched raw in years. I used to watch this with my sister all the time. And he turns it on and it's not, it's not like the shield. It's not John Cena. It's not Daniel Bryan. It's Santino. <laughs> and I just I, I kind of had that passing thought. Like, I wasn't judging him. I didn't care. I was just like, oh, I've never – this is wrestling, huh? And he said, yeah, this guy's great. He's got a cobra. Like, his finisher is a cobra sock that he keeps in his pants. And he puts it on, and he just goes like, doot, and he did the cobra thing. He just goes like, doot, and he hits him in the neck with it, and they pass out, and he pins him. And I thought, what? <laughs> That's amazing. Here's the thing. I've, I've put a lot of thought into this, and I'm sure I've mentioned it on the podcast before. But comedy wrestling is the best way to get anyone interested in wrestling. I, I never understood. And I think if I had seen this as a kid, I think I would have understood it better. When you hear really serious things like The Undertaker was killed in a match – you know that's inherently ridiculous if you've never watched wrestling before. You're like, no, I'm pretty sure he was. You just know. But when you watch 
Santino Morella like pull the Cobra out and win a match with it, you get everything you need to know about pro wrestling right in that instant. I never understood until that moment that like they were in on the joke. I always thought of it as this really self-serious thing. And in some ways it can be, but you have to understand that everyone knows that at the end of the day, we're all just Santino with a Cobra. <laughs> but but at the same time, the best wrestling is the most serious wrestling. I No, I agree totally. I just – my point is when you first start out watching it, sure, I think it's important to understand like, okay, this is what the art form is and we kind of get that it can it, – it's inherently silly, right? You are watching – with, with the stigma that wrestling has, you have to understand like – we are watching two men in their underwear pretending to fight one another. And once That's you accept true. that, you accept it as a storytelling medium. And you can see someone like CM Punk and say, wait, no, this is legitimately like a work of art. Even though it's not a real fight, it's still something really special. But I think to see it poking fun at itself with something like Santino with good comedy wrestling, that's really what enabled me to say, oh, wait, I want to see more of this because I get it now. Okay. Wow. That was a good answer, wasn't it? That was, yeah. It was, it, yes, it was. That was a very good answer. It's much longer than mine. Um, well, of course, I've known about wrestling forever. I don't remember the first time ever hearing about it necessarily. Um, but I do, but, but I still have some things I can answer with this. So the first thing I was aware of was either Sting or Goldberg. I'm not exactly sure of who was the first one I knew of. It was probably Goldberg, just because he was the biggest person, and this would have been, like, in 1998, 99, um, when I was, like, four, like, mm -hmm. three or four. But the first thing I ever saw, now, I have no, I'm, 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 like, 100, I'm 90% sure it was a WCW show. I have no idea who was involved at all. I have no memory of that because I didn't know them at the time. But I know it was a tag team match. And one of the teams had like a female valet or manager. And the heel team was beating up on the face team. And they took a guy, one of the guys and they like slammed him on the mat. And they put his, his, uh, his leg like in between the steel chair. How, how they do. And then they had one, the other guy go up to the turnbuckle and jump off and stomp on it. And I remember being totally freaked out, thinking, they just broke this guy's leg! That's awesome. And I don't remember where it was or who it was. I just vividly remember seeing a tag, t a heel tag team put the face, one of their guys, leg in a chair, and then stomp on it off the top rope and being totally horrified about it. That's great. And, uh, yeah, I'm ne yeah, I'm definitely not going to forget. I've tried to, like, figure out what it was just by searching different things, and I, I can't mm -hmm. figure it out. I'll probably Jeez. never know. But uh, that's the first thing that I remember. Um, that's a pretty good answer, too. And then the other thing is Are we going to get to time... first live wrestling show? Yes. Is that on your list? Yes, of course. Okay, perfect, perfect. I just okay, want to make sure. The next thing I wanted to talk about, now this only applies to me because, again, you didn't start watching wrestling early enough. But I remember when I first was told it wasn't real. And I was probably like 10, maybe. And at this point, I'd been watching wrestling a little bit, but still not live. 
because I didn't really I didn't start watching WWE live till maybe 2000 into 2007 2008. Uh-huh. Um, but I had been watching it for years before then, like because my dad had tons of videotapes of like oh, he had WrestleMania tapes from the 90s. He had a bunch of WCW stuff. Um, but I remember. Like, I remember watching on one of his, like, Goldberg video, probably, and I remember watching Kevin Nash beat Goldberg at Starcade 98 for the mm-hmm. title for his first loss ever with Scott Hall coming in using the stun gun and being furious watching this. I was so mad. Like, Harris, the- you have no idea how much I hated Kevin Nash and, and still don't fully like him to this day because of it. Um, same with Edge. But I was so mad that my dad was like, whoa, cal- like, calm down. It's not real. And and I, like, remember having to, like, come to grips with it. And then it was one of those things where I didn't, I didn't fight it. It was just like, oh, uh, of course this isn't real. How, Interesting. How, how did I think this was real? Interesting. <laughs> But but I'm not gonna lie. Even when you know it's real, when you're still that young, you still react to some things as real. Like I still hate Edge and and JBL. Very well. Much. Everybody hates JBL. That's, True, but but that's warranted. But I very much, for real, hated these people. Like like they were trying to get me to, and very much liked Jeff Hardy, yeah. and wanted him to beat Edge each and every day, or I was very mad, even though that's... I knew it wasn't real. That's very interesting because I thought you were going to say like the way I always picture the conversation going is sort of like when somebody tells you that Santa Claus isn't real because, you know, some kids figure it out before anyone else. And it's like kids on the playground or kids in school going, you know, Santa's not real. Right. And there's other kids that are true believers that are like, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You know, I thought it was going to be something like that. So I was curious to hear like how long it took you to realize that it was real. But it turns out it was just coming straight from your dad. So I guess yep. you were just like, it's just an instant disillusionment. That's very interesting. Well, also, I never, I did not grow with up with a single friend who liked wrestling, really. Um, yeah, same. Like I had, there was a few guys from my neighborhood, and we had our own trampoline wrestling uh, right, league for like that. three years. And those are all still on YouTube. <laughs> we're doing an episode on that. Absolutely. Okay, we'll do that next week. Okay. Tune in next week where we're going to watch a whole bunch of Mark's WTW World Trampoline Wrestling uh, shows that are on YouTube. And we'll we'll bring those to you for the podcast. So oh, I'm uh, so excited about this. There, there we go. Were Put there storylines or just matches? There, yeah, oh, yes. There was both. Um, there, there, there was both for sure. So... Uh, now the int- now this is the thing, the episode the things that are up on YouTube are mostly just highlights. Like what I would do is we'd film shows, like we'd film full shows, but I would just cut them up into highlight videos and put yeah. those up. There's only one full show on YouTube, and it was the very last one we ever did, and that one is there. And boy, we got some stories in that one. We we I had am- we had twists and turns and interference and guest appearances we had a lot of stuff going on that day i'm so excited for this so yeah you guys just keep that put a little uh notification in your phone for next monday's episode because it's gonna be it'll be a special one that's for sure all right cool i'm glad we got that out of the way 
<laughs> anyway, so I'm surprised. Have I not shown you any of those ever? No, you've mentioned it before, but I didn't know until right now that you ever filmed it. Oh, gosh. You told we me filmed that you were every in the Trampoline thing. Wrestling League, but I didn't know you filmed it. Oh, no, we filmed everything. Heck, yeah. Okay. All right. This is awesome. That's going to be fun. Okay, anyway, um, so I had a few friends that were kind of into it like that. Like, they would they would do, you know, we would put on those, and uh, a couple of them, like, you know, one of them, me and him, who lived pretty close to each other, we would watch Raw every mm-hmm. now and then on Monday night when, like, mm-hmm. our parents would let us stay up for that. Um, so, so I had a little bit, but other than my dad, that was pretty much it. I met two guys in high school that were wrestling fans that I worked with. And then, man, yeah. And then in college, I met a handful of people. I met you and then Jay and, and Michael and, and a couple, you know, a handful, like two or three. And then that's that's it, man. Like, I probably, in my life, it's probably been ten or fewer people that I've really been friends with that have liked wrestling. So there are it, dozens of us. Dozens! It, yeah, I know. I know. It's a pretty small group. But, uh, anyway, so going back to you talking about how I found out, so I didn't have, like, there was, there was nobody who was going to be like, oh, you know, wrestling's fake. Although people did say that to me all the time later, but, uh, right. I mean, I, you still get that. You get that for the rest of your life. Yeah, of course. But yeah, it wasn't like that. Also, I was not the, like, like I didn't do my family didn't do Santa Claus or Easter Bunny or or Tooth Fairy mm-hmm, or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Like I was not raised to believe in these things. Yeah. So I was the kid telling people Santa Claus wasn't real. I can see that. When I was young when I was young enough to not know any better. Uh <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I remember parents getting angry getting mad at me when I was like four I can know I can absolutely and telling, see that. Telling kids that I yeah. I have a vivid, really? I have vivid memory the, of that. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Santa is the greatest work of all, let's be honest. It, it, it really is, yeah. It really it really is. But yeah, but <laughs> wrestling, no, I, I had no – because think about it. If you're a kid, you have no reason to believe this isn't real. Like, I grew up a sports fan. Like, that's right. what I did. I played sports. I watched sports. That was, like, everything. So why would this – that clearly looks like a sport Yeah. not be a, not be a sport. You it know, just makes sense. It does. So, uh, yeah, that was the that was how I found out about that. Of course, you don't have that story because you came later. But right, anyway, mine is the complete opposite. Mine is like knowing and dismissing for years, like, oh yeah, pro wrestling's dumb, it's fake, and then coming to this realization, like, wait, it's still entertaining. Mike just came at it completely backwards. Right. <laughs> All right. So those are some first there early stuff. <clears throat> okay. So I think you – I was going to ask who's the first – anyway, no, we already talked about that. All right, so I guess we can just go to what was the first show that you went to? It. I can't give you that many specifics. I know it would have been probably my sophomore year if I had to guess because um, freshman year – like. Fall of my freshman year, I started watching just occasionally when it was on. And, like, I thought I was going to watch it ironically for, like, a month. And then I was like, no, I just actually like this, and I'm not going to fight it. Um, <laughs> the, when so I really, weird. I really got into it. I mean, I always liked it, but I was going to, like, pretend that I was above it for, like, a hot – for, like, 20 minutes. And then I was just like, no, this is genuinely good. 
and life's too short to pretend you're too cool to love wrestling. That is that that should be if we had T-shirts, that would that would be a T-shirt. We do have T-shirts. Well, we have exactly three. Did you make no? Three hang on, no. I two? made I made five. Okay. But then I made another one because I made a better one for me because I hated the ones I made. <laughs> David Arquette, tell us how to send you a T-shirt. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll send you a better one for sure. If you if you listen to this podcast, just uh, hit me up hit me up on uh, on the Twitter, as a uh, Jericho would say, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll send you another one for sure. But anyway, okay. But, if we had shirts, so, uh, that would on, be so, a shirt. And uh, say it again mm-hmm. one more time because it was awesome. Life's too short to pretend you're too cool to love wrestling. I like that. It's good stuff. It's pretty good. So at at some point in my early fandom, Raw was finally coming to Atlanta. And it was probably the first episode of Raw that had come since I seriously started watching. I want to say, okay, let me think about this for a second. Because I can remember one or two of the things that happened, and I want to try to piece it together on the timeline, if that sure. makes sense. So it, you know what? I mean, you don't it have to just actually... recap the whole show if you don't want to. No, 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 no. I don't I don't have to. I'm just trying to remember when it was because I know one or two things that happened. So it was actually – it was a little while later. It might have been after WrestleMania 31 because here's what happened. It was in the middle – yeah, no, okay. I can't remember. I might be getting my shows mixed up. So let me just tell you what I do remember out of the first show I went to. It was the first one I'd ever been to. I got – Two or three of my other friends who were getting back into it right when Daniel Bryan was going on his run and, uh, you know, enabled me, basically. We all went. It was some random Monday night, I think sophomore year of college. I remember two things about this show. Three things. Three things about this show for sure. Number one, I can tell it was still relatively early in my fandom because we got there right at 8 o'clock like the show had just gone on the air. And Triple H, it was right in, you know, the middle of the authority run. And Triple H was making his way to the ring to, you know, cut that 20-minute opening promo that he always cut. Right. And it was playing, you know, the authority Triple H music, Bow Down to the King. Right. And I remember hearing that and thinking, well, that's a little over the top, isn't it? Like, I remember hearing the lyrics and just being like, this is a bit silly. (laughs) And yeah, smash cut to now where I literally have like three hours of WWE walk-up music on my phone that I listen to when I'm at the gym, like, all the time. Like, I have everyone's music. And oh, so that, that made me laugh. So it was still early in my fandom, clearly, because I was still I, – I wasn't a total mark. I was like, well, this is, you know, this is interesting. But the second thing I remember – and this is still one of my favorite wrestling memories to this day – is John Cena was in a match with somebody. I don't – it might have been Seth Rollins. It might have been Kane. I don't remember. It's not important. Because we sat right behind these two children, and one was like right at the age where either he knew wrestling was fake or he was about to know. Like he was kind of, you know, he was at the point where he wasn't cheering for the good guys all the time. He was kind of starting to like the heels, like right about to become a teenager, you know, really edgy, too edgy for all this stuff. And he was rooting against John Cena hard. But his little brother, who was probably about six years old, was the biggest John Cena fan that I've ever seen. And he had the shirt <laughs> and the hat and the wristbands. And he wouldn't, he genuinely believed in his heart of hearts that if he believed in John Cena enough, John Cena would win. <laughs> and it's probably one of my favorite wrestling matches that I've ever seen live. Couldn't tell you a thing that happened in it except that John Cena won because of that kid 
because of that kid the entire match going, come on, John, you can do it. You can do it. Show him what you're made of, Cena. Show him what you're made of. <laughs> and his brother was just being the biggest <laughs> jerk on the planet. He's like, he's not going to win. I'm going to use that little soundbite for the <laughs> intro. I'm going to add that on to it. Just, come on, Perfect. Cena, you can do it. Your little Mickey Mouse impression of the kid it, doing John Cena. I, I, I think I'll be able to hear his voice in my head until the day I die. It was just so <laughs> beautiful. Because, again, I'm coming into this show, and like I knew I liked wrestling at this point, and I was psyched to be there. But I was also like, some of this is a little weird, right? And I saw, like watching that match with that kid, I was like, no, I get it. Like that is, That's what this is about. And I think I've always kind of <laughs> – that was a formative part of my wrestling fandom, you know? So – and of course, John Cena won, and we all lost our minds because we were like, "Yes, that kid <laughs> did it! He did it! He was so happy! That oh, was awesome!" Great. And then the final thing I remember that night is that uh, Dolph Ziggler and Randy Orton had a match, and that's not like important enough for me to remember, except for the fact that that was the night that RKO out of nowhere became a meme <laughs> because he tried to hit, he turned like a zigzag into an RKO. Right. And it was awesome. Like, and it, he hadn't done something like that in a really long time. And it was so out of nowhere. And it wasn't at like a pay per view match with a lot of build or anything. It was just a random, crazy transition at, you know, like 9 15 on a random episode of Raw. But it was awesome. And I, I distinctly remember this. On the way back home, we stopped to eat at McDonald's and we were watching all of the RKO vines that people had made in the last three <laughs> hours on our phones. Right. And just watching it blow up. And that was super cool to see. So that was the first show I ever went to. Awesome. Yeah, the first show I ever went to, talked about on the podcast before, it was Royal Rumble 2010. So I was 15 years old. Note about wrestling. You were 15 years old and you still hate Edge? Yeah, I hate Edge. Jeez. Um,. No, but that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's so weird. I I did not go to a wrestling show till I was 15 years old because again, my dad did not care anything for WWE pretty much until I, mean, I got fair. pretty much until I got into wrestling. He he followed it I think for maybe like a year or two after WCW mm-hmm. like 2001, 2002 and then mm-hmm. quit. Um didn't care about it anymore. Uh so he started getting back into it when I did. Like back, you know, 2007, right around there. And, uh, cause like I remember, yeah, I was watching on and off for most of 2007 cause I remember the Chris Benoit death and all that stuff, which was like in the summer of that year. Oh, you know what? I do remember when that happened. I didn't have any association with wrestling at the time, right. but obviously I remember that. Yeah, I remember cause he was supposed to wrestle at Vengeance, I think was the next pay per view. That like pay per view. It was like is... that weekend. Yeah. And uh, I remember being, like, ready for his match. I think he was going to face, like, Bobby Lashley or someone. No, and... no, no. It was – um. hang on. I've watched this before. Who was it? It was – um. I don't remember. I want to say it was Punk. I'm, like, 90% uh... sure it was Punk. Eh, it might have been. I, because I, they I had remember. to run someone else out there. They had to run Johnny Nitro out. Yeah. And the crowd got really mad. It's, it's really eerie to watch. You should absolutely go do it because I've watched that match. Like, I've watched that pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, you know, everybody backstage was panicking, didn't right. know what to do, just threw. I again, I'm like ninety percent was percent sure it was Johnny Nitro into that match, and yeah. the crowd just revolting and chanting, "We want Benoit, we want Benoit," 
and yeah, that knowing was, that was such just a bizarre couple of days it was so weird because no one yeah. had any idea what was like what had happened or what was right. going on they had right. a whole memorial show on raw the next day which yeah. i remember watching like it's just nobody knew anything until like several days later yeah it was it was crazy and i i never realized sorry we're kind of we're branching away from whatever topic you had but i remember once i started watching wrestling and I realized what a big deal he was and like what a big deal that was that that happened. Because, again, I didn't know anything about like the roster or who was getting a push or who had a history with the company or who was a big deal. Right. And I thought he was just kind of a random guy, like an average wrestler. I didn't realize like he was a big deal and a yeah. fan favorite and had accomplished all these things and won all these titles. And it was when like once I finally started watching wrestling and kind of – knew what the scale of everything was and who was a big deal and who wasn't and who had fan support and who didn't. And my friend was like, yeah, it would basically be like if Dean Ambrose killed Renee Young and then killed himself. I was like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much. Wow. So, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, because because his wife was a big person in wrestling, too, for a long time in in WCW. So, yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. Anyway, sorry to get dark on it. But uh, Chris Benoit was awesome. He was so much fun to watch. You definitely need to watch more of his matches. Uh, anyway, so first show. Yeah, so it, it because of that, my, again, my dad was not really a fan of WWE. So it's not like I was being brought to wrestling shows growing up. Right. Um, you know, I was only six when WCW went away. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would have been like right at the age of kind of coming around to some of that stuff. And, uh, yeah, so just because of all that, didn't go till I was 15, Royal Rumble, which is pretty cool, in Atlanta, and uh, it, was pretty, it was a pretty good show. This was when Sheamus was champion, so nobody cared about the WWE title. He wrestled Randy <laughs> Orton, and Legacy came out and interfered with that match and kind of cost Orton the title. It was kind of starting to be the beginning of the end of Legacy, I remember. And uh, I remember that, though, because... Me and my dad have always been huge Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. fans. So we, we, we enjoyed watching them. Rey Mysterio wrestled Undertaker for the title, the World Heavyweight title, which was awesome because Rey Mysterio was my first favorite wrestler. And uh, obviously seeing the Undertaker in person was awesome. And this was kind of, mm-hmm. this was, you know, right at the end of Undertaker's main event run, you know, and, and title run and all that. So that was... That was awesome. That was awesome. See, now, see, the other thing is, this is when Shawn Michaels was trying to get the last match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26. So that was the best part of the show. The Rumble was great, and then it was ruined for me at the end. But it was a fantastic Royal Rumble because you had CM Punk. Well, first, you had Harris typing on the keyboard uh, very, very, very loudly. I am shocked and... that my speaker is that good, frankly, that you can pick that up. I'll explain what I'm doing later, I promise. I didn't mean to interrupt the show. Uh, but Because this is when Punk was doing his straight-edge savior thing. Because the previous year, he had had the huge feud with Jeff Hardy and had gotten really big. And so he was coming out, and he came out, I think, third. It was Evan Bourne and Dolph Ziggler started the show. Mm-hmm. This was Dolph Ziggler's first year when no one knew who he was. And I, I love Devin Bourne because he's awesome and still is awesome. And he does that the best shooting star press of all time. Um, and so we got to see that. He hit that on Dolph Ziggler. And then Punk comes out and just immediately elim- eliminates both of them. 
grabs the mic and starts like preaching a sermon in the middle of the rumble as like the timer is counting down and then like another person would come in he would wait and give them this his spiel of how he can save them and then they would just start punching him and then he would throw them out of the ring and he did that like several times Zack Ryder is the one that I remember <laughs> and then Zack Ryder comes out and he just immediately hits him with the microphone he does. He goes, wait, wait, wait. I can save you. I can. And then he just hits him and throws just him out. Like he's not even worth him. a proper spiel. Yeah, that was, oh, that was great. Because this was, again, this was right before Zack Ryder started his big rise to fame. Right. Uh, which was the next year, which we've talked about that episode as well. We've talked about everything pretty much that has happened in the year 2011 in WWE at, at this point. Just just about. Uh, so, yeah. And it was a great rumble. The best part was Shawn Michaels coming in because, like, this is Shawn's last chance because Undertaker's already said he's not facing him again. Mm-hmm. And so Undertaker's the champion. The winner of the Rumble gets to face either champion at WrestleMania. So, like, this is it for Shawn Michaels. This is it. We're on the road to WrestleMania. This is his last chance. And so that was the, like, big storyline, one of the big storylines with this match. And he was in pretty early on. I don't remember exact. Sometime around 10, 11, 12, something around there. Um, and it was great. They had a great spot because Triple H was in it too. And he had a spot where he super kicked Triple H out of the rumble. Because, again, he doesn't care. Like, this is his biggest thing. And then, of course, they ruin it by having Edge make his big year-long return from a torn Achilles. And the whole crowd erupts. And I was just sitting there like, Why? I, I was like, why are these people cheering? This guy's this guy sucks. Oh, I was so mad. And and, and I look, would this is I would not, pay fifty dollars for footage of you during that match. I was. Uh, you remember the Miz girl? That's exactly what I'm picturing. Yeah. Nah, I wasn't as cool as that, but I definitely I was more like the John Travolta meme. It was more like that from Pulp Fiction, <laughs> but with an angrier face. I've felt that way a lot watching wrestling. Yeah, that's probably the best representation of wrestling most times as a fan. Um, man, we need to start bringing that meme into wrestling a lot more. Get that uh, get that mainstreamed. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I was so angry because I never liked Edge. Like, okay, like I, I obviously know that he it's not real at this point, but I still just I don't like Edge at all. I don't like him. I don't enjoy watching him work. He has the wimpiest spear in the history of the world, and he used and he had the audacity to use that as his finisher. It was uh, everything about him was annoying. I hated watching him on screen. He literally, he for real cheated on Matt Hardy, which I was the biggest Matt. I mean, like, he Hardy didn't boy cheat fan. on him. They weren't dating, right? But it, but but yes, but yes, that whole situation was real. And so I no, I never liked Edge at all. And then he does this. And then the big. Also, we got not a single legend was in that Royal Rumble, not one. And I remember being very disappointed at that. There was not any surprises, nothing. The only thing in the whole match was Edge, his big return. And so, right. and then he won. And it was just like, oh, great. The best part of the match though was when it was in the final four. It was Batista, Jericho, or no, uh, Batista, Cena. Michaels and Edge. And there was a moment when, like, Michaels got thrown over. Him and Edge were fighting on the outside. He super kicks Edge, but a super kick accidentally knocks Edge back into the ring instead mm-hmm. of out of the ring. 
And so he's still out there. And then Batista comes over and hits him. And he's like hanging on by like his fingertips onto the ring ropes. Like trying to claw his way and stay in the match. And then he gets hit again and falls out. And again, Shawn Michaels is just the best ever. Because the look on his... Like the abject just crushing blow that this was is incredible. It's so good. Like everything almost stopped at that point. And then he was so distra- like he he tries to go back in the ring, and you have like the refs coming out, like Charles Robinson coming out. It's like no, you have to you have to leave, you have to leave. And then he just turns and super kicks the crap out of Charles Robinson, which was amazing. And then another ref comes in, but is like staying over by the turnbuckle and is like no no you gotta go, and that whole thing was just awesome. And that was it, it was it was a pretty it was a pretty great first show to to go to. Definitely. Yeah, I've watched that rumble before on your recommendation mostly and also just trying to catch up, you know, on the Shawn Michaels story. It's right. awesome. Yeah, it and is. And I think it's very funny that it was objectively a pretty great show and you still were kind of annoyed about it the whole oh, time. Oh, I was mad. That's I very was, funny. I was very angry. I'm still mad about it. Um, I remember – can we – real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. If you're – I, I remember the first pay-per-view I went to, too, because the first few shows I went to were just random episodes of Raw that were super fun, but, you know, kind of one-offs. Like, I don't remember any storyline progression that happened. Yeah. I remember the first pay-per-view I went to, and it was the Survivor Series that they held in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I was there, too. Maybe 2014, 2015, but we didn't even know each other at the time. Mm, so. No, this was this yeah. was the, uh, the one when Sheamus cashed in, right? Yeah, yeah, so, I was at that one too. That was disappointing. I've never been to a good WWE show. That's another thing we uh, see, I'm going to talk about. This was a great pay per view for me personally. I understand why other people don't like it, but here was my thing. Number one, I had never been to a WWE pay per view before, sure. and I was kind of old enough to realize that they don't come to Atlanta all that often. You know, like for a pay per view, like it's probably once every two years. I would guess That's something like definitely that. Definitely not true. I went like three years in a row. Really? Huh, well. Now they, they've started the coming. They've started to. coming less to pay-per-views now, though, over the yeah. past few years. Yeah, but anyway, and I remember being really excited to go, even though I knew Survivor Series was kind of whatever, and I wasn't sure how good it was going to be because it was it was a bigger deal. It was a bigger deal than any of the Raw shows I've been to, and pay-per-views are honestly more fun because it's all the payoff, right? Like it's. It's treated more like an actual sporting event where the right. card is just match, match, match. Also, match, match, the match, other match. biggest thing. To me, the biggest benefit to pay-per-view compared to show is there's no stupid commercial breaks. True. I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely like, right. The there's no time where that the you commercial have to watch breaks, the Flintstones WWE commercial 17 times that, in a row. That's the thing. Like That's not the way it used to be. In the 90s, they would have something going on during the commercial breaks. They'd either have the Nitro Girls or they'd have, you know, a heel who was in the ring for his entrance cut a cheap heat promo or something like mm-hmm. something would happen. It doesn't now. They've, they literally just gotten... leave the ring. They turn it dark and you just sit and watch commercials. It's like, what? Why, why am I here? I can do they've this at gotten, home. They've gotten marginally better at it. Not it's still not great, but they've started doing stuff that they do at actual sporting events. Like they have, you know, trivia questions that they'll have people answer or dance contests or flex cam. Things like that that you would actually have in downtime at a big sporting event. Well, that's good. It's not perfect. It's still a lot of ads, but I think they're getting there. I don't know. But anyway, I remember this pay-per-view more than anything else. Like, okay, the biggest reason I went was I said, look, 
I didn't know that he was going to wrestle for several more years. I was like, I don't know when I'm going to have a chance to see The Undertaker again. And I remember when I was a little kid, and I thought, oh, Undertaker, that's so dumb. And I have to see The Undertaker in the flesh one time. You know what I mean? I have to make sure that I see that. And that was like one of his big comeback matches for the tag match against Bray Wyatt. And I get why people were mad because he squashed Bray Wyatt. And people thought that was going to be, you know, one of like seven times that Bray Wyatt like gets over and is really impressive. I just wanted to see The Undertaker wreck somebody. And he did. So I was very happy with that. Uh, I was pissed yeah, that Roman got it, cashed it was in also, on. But like, it was also a tag team match, if you don't remember. Yeah. If you remember. It I was do the, remember. It was, I just uh, don't care about Kane. It was the Brothers of Destruction, but anyway. Yeah, no. I, but, you know, I was annoyed that Roman got cashed in on, and more importantly, that everyone was so excited to see him get cashed in on. But yeah, I was excited, except for the fact that it was Sheamus. Right. Well, objectively, think about it. If the like likelihood of a pay-per-view coming to your city is fairly low there have not been that many cash-ins right that's what my dad kept saying right like it's cool objectively it's cool that we got to see that yes but then the thing that i remember more than anything else is that about a week before this pay-per-view happened there was some like questionably source list that said oh hey we hacked isis and found a couple of sites that we think ISIS is targeting. Oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I forgot and about that. one of them was WWE Survivor Series. And I was just – I don't remember what was happening exactly, but I was in a at a point in the school year where I had been looking forward to this show for like two months. And I had never been to a WWE pay-per-view, and I was going to see The Undertaker – and I was going to go blow off steam and have a good time with my friends and all this stuff. And then that news came out and I thought, I do not care. I will fight somebody. Like, if they, <laughs> yeah, let them try. I'll choke slam somebody. I'm not missing this show. Uh, like a friend of mine, I think sort of jokingly was like, dude, you can't go. And I was like, I will. I don't care. Like, if I can't go watch pro wrestling, then the terrorists win. OK, <laughs> I'm going to this show. Yeah, very, very, very George W. Bush. 2001 yeah. World Series, of course. You can't let them win. Now watch this drive. Yeah, that's what that was. Mm-hmm. I also kind of figured nothing would happen, but, you know, if something did, then that's how I would want to go. Fair enough. That's fair. Yeah, well, then uh, subsequently, my first Raw was an, was an interesting one, and to be mm-hmm. honest, it's on my list of the stuff we might talk about one day. Um, It was... In 2011, which, again, I, I take it back. We haven't covered quite everything that happened in 2011. Um, although I've mentioned this because it overlaps with some other stuff. But this is when they were doing guest hosts. It is the mm-hmm. it is it is post. It's a few months post uh, the abysmal raw general manager thing coming to a grisly end. And now they're just like, all right, well, I guess we ruined the general manager. So... We'll just have guest guest managers, which we've done an episode on, Bob uh, Bob Barker. The Price is Raw. It's fun. a good episode. Listen to it. Nobody listened to it when we released it. It's one of our lowest listened to episodes of all time, which it's I don't which one. I don't understand because that was that was a fun that's a great story. Anyway, um, go check that out for Harris. And uh, so this particular Raw in Atlanta. The Muppets were the guest host. And I remember being like, well, this is interesting. Now, see, I didn't I didn't have to buy a ticket for this 
because the coolest thing that happened at this show was actually before the show. Now, I mentioned earlier how me and my dad were fans of Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. Legacy. Well, obviously, Cody Rhodes, me and my dad have always been a fan of because Dusty Rhodes was his favorite wrestler. And Cody has always been, was always massively underrated in WWE, which we did an episode on him in WWE already as well. Anyway, so we enjoyed watching him. And then Ted DiBiase Jr., the reason why I enjoyed watching him is because one of the, uh, one of like the associate youth pastors at my church at the time, um, when I was in high school, was lifelong friends of the DiBiase family. He grew up like neighbors with them in Mississippi. And so he knew Million Dollar Man and then their three sons. um, Maybe there were just two sons. There were definitely two sons. It was Ted DiBiase and also... uh, was it? I forgot his name. Brian, maybe? There's a younger one. There's a younger brother as well. And my, uh, my, uh, my friend was friends with the younger brother but he was at the house all the time and knew the whole family so anyway because of that this is when Teddy DiBiase was doing these DiBiase posse parties where he was <laughs> coming out to tailgate like if people tailgated he would like come out and like join him and like film it and do like a YouTube thing and so we did that we had like the whole like church vans we came out we had like artificial turf like a TV with like an Xbox with SmackDown vs. Raw on it and, you know, tables and food and all that stuff. We had a whole thing, and he came out and filmed, like, a segment with it, and we all got to meet Ted DiBiase Jr., which was awesome. That was That's so That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was so cool. I have a video of that on YouTube also. Um, but anyway, so that was awesome, and uh, that was the best part of that show. The Muppets, though, were funny. It was It was – Dude, I mean, I've always been a huge Muppets fan. I grew up watching the Muppets and everything. So, they, I mean, they're they're very entertaining. And it was definitely not a total train wreck like maybe some people who don't appreciate the Muppets might think. But it was a lot of fun. I remember at the end, R-Truth. This is uh, when R-Truth was trying to, I think, coming off being booked in title matches with Cena. And I think he, he attacked someone wearing a scream mask. Out of the crowd. I remember that happened. I don't remember much else from that show. I just remember the Muppets, to be perfectly honest. That's fine. That sounds like the most memorable part. Yeah, but I've only been to, I think, three Total Raws. I think, yeah, I think I've only been to three Total Raws. I've never been to a SmackDown. And all the other WWE shows have been pay-per-views. WrestleMania was obviously the biggest one. Right. Anyway. Which, everything that happened to that show was really good. Nothing nope. crazy at all. Well, nothing no. dumb. Nothing only, bad. Only one thing was truly awesome. <laughs> Triple H Undertaker was an awesome match. I don't care what anyone says. Have we done have we done three matches from that show or just two? Uh two uh, separate matches. Okay. On a show we've done, I just want to make this we've clear. We've definitely done two for sure. Yeah, because I was gonna say, if you don't know what we're alluding to here for some reason, on a show where we talk about bad, dumb wrestling things that have happened. I personally have done two different matches from this WrestleMania. Two in the biggest show of the year, like in their Super Bowl, in their season finale. They've had at least two separate things that were so bad and dumb that we put them on this podcast. Yeah, it was a bad WrestleMania, and I blame The Rock 
100 percent and i still dislike him in wwe to this day yep i like i like rock in wwe pre-2011 anyway uh well we've been talking a long 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 time about absolutely nothing so i figured we'd just stop now yeah that's cool i was about to uh okay do you want to know what i was typing this will be our segue oh yes yes i do okay I'm assuming that the answer is not much, but Mark. Okay. What in the world is going on with David Arquette? To be honest, nothing really. Uh, he has a movie coming out, Creep Show. Uh, I think a remake. I guess I would. Assume. Wait, really? Okay. A, I think I don't know if it's a remake or if it's a continuation because I know there's been. Movies called Creep Show before, right? I heard good things about the original Creep Show, and I've seen him promoting it. But I thought that was just him being in the original. I know. I, I, well, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe is it a TV show? Okay, no, it's a TV show. It's not a movie. Okay, they're they're coming back as a TV show. And let's see. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Arquette is starring in it. So it's gonna be, or maybe he's producing it let me see where's his name on this i know he's somehow associated with it in some way i uh which way remains to be seen let's see okay we're gonna look at the full cast yes david arquette it looks like is gonna be in it at some point now maybe he's not the main star but he's at least gonna be in one episode it looks like and to me that makes him the star Right. Well, the original movie was an anthology film. It was just like a couple different creepy short stories. That is, that, so yeah, that is that true. So it out. makes sense. It makes sense. Okay. So that's that's coming out. That's starting at some point this year. I think, okay, sep- September 26th, it looks like. So that's coming up. Uh, that'll, that'll be coming up next week. What is or, it released on, though? Like, is it a Netflix uh, thing, a Hulu thing, an Apple Plus thing? It's going to debut on Shudder. Wait, I think that's free. I have no idea. I don't. Oh, even, I've never yeah. heard of okay. it before. We'll figure it out for sure. Okay, but it's going to debut on Shutter. Uh, I don't think it's free. It looks like it's a subscription service. Mm, I bet they give you a free month or something, right? Everyone does that. Uh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll work it out. We'll we'll check it out somehow. Um, yeah. We'll we'll somehow figure figure a way to do it. Okay, so I know that's coming on. That's coming up. So check out Creep Show with David Arquette. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, so as you might have known, Harris, I finally played NFL 2K5. Right. And so I got it all ready. I, you know, I got the I got the uh, the the user profile uh, ready to go. And before I even do anything. Now, this is the way it works. There's, like, this thing called, like, the crib. And so you go to, like, your crib, and you can customize it and, buy. you know, you earn, like, points from playing games, and you can, you know, buy new carpet and chairs and, 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 you know, different things like that. Well, one of the things is at the bar in it, there's a telephone. And just randomly, you get called on that phone and you can go and select it and one of what was it like five celebrities will challenge you to a game and you play you play them 
Well, I got a call in the thing, and the first one was David Arquette. And I was like, oh, man, this is this is perfect. We're good to go. It was meant to be. So I uh, I chose I chose the Broncos, played against his Los Angeles Locos, and got brutalized. <laughs> I, I quit it at halftime because I, I wasn't <laughs> – Okay, look, it was like 1 a.m., and I wasn't planning on, like, playing a whole game. I just wanted to see how everything worked. And, yeah, it's it's very difficult. Uh, I couldn't – it's like the control – look, I'm used to playing, like, Madden 08 and NCAA 08. So, I mean, the controls aren't too different, but they're different enough to where, like, no, I didn't mean to option it. I thought that was juke. You know, like, that was happening quite a bit. It also was ridiculous. Like, every time I went up to block a pass, it would just, like, go through my defender's hands and right into his receivers, and he'd complete every pass. And every time I would throw a pass, he would block. Like, it was was very frustrating. But anyway, so what happens after, like, sporadically plays or this little picture pops up on the screen, and then you get little sound bites from David Arquette, which I, I posted some of them on Twitter that I that I recorded. So go ahead and check that out at behind underscore gorilla. And so, uh, that was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. I was losing 30 to nothing at the end of the, at the, at halftime. Wow. His, of course, his locos team is also a bunch of like all stars. Right. So that's another thing I found out afterwards. The best way to play that game is just be the Falcons and run with Michael Vick. Obviously. The, I, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but oh, that's all right. Uh, that's what I would have done. That's what I, that's what I'll do in the future if I ever play it again. And the rematch, David, David Arquette, Arquette, it's on. Exactly. So yeah, David, you're going down next time. I'm I'm ready. I know all your tricks. Your stupid catch every pass, even though I block it. Tricks, and I'll find. I understand a way to stop now it. why last week reading the reviews for this game, so many people hated David Arquette. It's because he <laughs> just stomps everyone. That's why he's just dominant. Or I'm just horrible. They're both it's... viable options. Right. Well, hey, you know. Anyway, so uh, that's that's really all I got with uh, David Arquette. I don't, I don't know of a whole Excellent. lot of other things. So that is for this episode. If you listen to this again, wow. I, thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks a lot. We appreciate that. You follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Plug that again. We follow back wrestling fans, so that's always a good way to interact. Um, if you're not a wrestling fan, we'll follow you back too. We don't care. That's a lie. I won't. <laughs> okay. Just wrestling fans. That's it. Okay. Just okay. wrestling fans. I'm I, I'm drawing a line somewhere, Harris. Got to draw a line somewhere. I think if they listen to this show and they're not wrestling fans, I I have more questions. Okay. Okay. Well, fair enough. If you if you listen to the show and you're not a wrestling fan, then just send us you know hit us up on Twitter. Let us know, and then I'll then we'll be sure and follow you back. How about that? Well, that yeah. Works. I mean, we're not gonna follow back like all the bot accounts that <laughs> you know randomly follow <laughs> right. people. Right. Um, yeah, leave us a review and rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Right. Um, for the first time, follow in the us on Facebook. Show. I've never talked about the Facebook page, but I post the links on there as well. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly how Facebook names work. Just type behind the Gorilla Wrestling Podcast, and it'll probably come up. I really doubt there's anything else out there that would come up. I, so I was going to say, for the first time since we started doing this show, you guys know what we're doing next week. We've already oh, yeah. decided. 
That's a so good if point. you have any input, if you want to do, you know, like tweets or listener mail, let us know what you think of World Trampoline I know Wrestling. World Trampoline Wrestling. I want to call it World Championship Wrestling because it just <laughs> see it we rolls off the we weren't that better. smart, Harris. We weren't right. That I know smart. that's why it's funny. <laughs> that's way better. That's all right though. That's fine. So we're going to be doing that. If you want to chime in, hit us up on Twitter. Um, yeah, and I'll be sure. I'll be sending uh, throughout the week. I'll be peppering the Twitter with uh, maybe some some little little tidbits. Oh heck yes! I'm very excited for this. <laughs> I'm actually excited about. I haven't watched them in a while. It's it's been it's been a while. So that that'll be that'll be fun. There's just, okay. Let's see. There's at least I think seven or eight highlight videos, and then there's a full show that's like multiple parts because it was still at the tail end of when YouTube would only let you put up clips that were like. <laughs> 10 minutes long Excellent. it was right at the end of that but they were still in like doing that so it's in multiple parts but i have a whole playlist on my mark i think it's under my marky mark brand youtube page i used to have it called iron man 13 w wtw but i changed the name just to marky mark brand at one point that was probably was a, a good call it was a no it was a big mistake because i've never posted anything on that pretty much after then so Except for maybe a few things. But anyway, so if you want to check it out on your own, you can just type in Marky Mark brand, World Trampoline Wrestling, and it'll probably come up. Uh, but Again, I'm also I would be, be shocked leaks. if anything else came up. Oh, there's a lot of World Trampoline Wrestlings. I'll tell you that right now uh, on YouTube. Okay. YouTube was a hotbed. for. There was a ton. Uh, there there might still be. I, I'm out of the loop. But there was a huge thing of like backyard wrestling right around that same time. So this would have been like 2000 and. Eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, ten, around those years. So, anyway, that'll be next week's episode. So make sure and tune in for that because that's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm not quite sure how we're gonna do it yet. We'll probably mix, uh, do a mixture of talking about what Harris has watched and also maybe watching some stuff like as we record reactions as well. So we'll. Oh, that's a good idea. We'll we'll, we'll kind of do a mixture of mixture of both. So that'll be a lot. Of fun. All right, so this very overblown kind of waste of an episode. Appreciate you listening to this if you did. And uh, tune in next week. It'll be much better, I promise. I, I promise. If this is your first time listening, I'm so sorry. We probably will never get you back. But uh, Listen to the Bob Barker episode. Yeah, or any other episode other than last week. And that's what our, those are what our episodes are actually supposed to be. And uh, next week's going to be a lot of fun, too. And it fits. It is a uh, strange thing in wrestling. We didn't say it had to be professional. So, anyway, tune in for that. So that's all I got. Thanks a lot for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. Have a great week.